The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. As usual, we're talking fab pickups, rival fantasy, and two-star pitchers here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm Clay Link of Rotowire.com here with the FSWA Hall of Famer, Todd Zola, Lord Zola himself. Good to be on with you, Todd, and happy Matt Mervis Day. I want to thank you for um, your quick response yesterday when I hit you up about our Matt Mervis projection. So kind of an interesting addition to the the hitting pool, certainly, uh, in Matt Mervis. How are you doing today? I, I don't have any of Matt Mervis in my life, so I, I guess I'm still doing fine. I can still celebrate <laughs> vicariously. Still hanging you know, in there. I'm I'm a fan of young players, and we mm. got actually while we're he's is he is he debuting while we're talking? Is he in the lineup today? You know that's a good question because are they playing the one ten game? Well, it's two ten in the two ten east. I mean, maybe yeah. it starts an hour earlier where you are, but I saw that the call-up was confirmed but i well the game must have started yeah, yeah it started it, you know the great great radio folks <laughs> I, actually clay and i just had kind of a podcast off the off the air yeah so we should have recorded that totally. yeah no anyway so yeah matt mervis up um yeah i mean yeah, you as, gave him what like sorry to cut you off but what like 75 percent of the playing time the rest yeah of as, the as we discussed yeah i mean i think i gave him 80 percent because Left-handed batters get 72% in the platoon. He pinch hits. But as we were also ch- saying, that doesn't add any what-if-he-struggles hedge at all, which maybe maybe I need, we need to back that off to 75%. Um, right now, he's in the top 120. I don't know that anybody would take him in the first eight, nine, eight rounds of a redraft if we did a 15-teamer. But I think he's top 150 to 200. So, um you know, you you compare him to Josh uh, Josh Young. I think that's a nice comparison. I I would take Young over Mervis right now, but I don't think it would be wrong to do Mervis. Yeah, on my kind of custom cheat sheet, that's where yeah. I put him. And yeah, Heart Foundation mentioned I pulled up the box score here. Mervis in the lineup batting seventh today. Okay. So uh, at first base batting seventh, and yeah, there's already a score in that game, so it is Ooh. one nothing, Cleveland or. Uh, Chicago. So uh, okay. maybe we'll keep you updated if Matt Mervis does anything that 
run was scored on a Seiya Suzuki single to score Nico Horner. So, yeah, action already underway in Major League Baseball today. And we had fab pickups last night. I mentioned last week that I grabbed Gavin Stone. So, yeah, he, Brandon Fott, Mervis, they were all gone in the Rotowire Stake League. So the top pickup was Bryce Miller of Seattle. Nice outing for him. 10 Ks in his debut. Going to draw another start. Not like a nothing prospect by any means. We have him 55th overall on the top 400 at Rotowire. So, Interesting arm there in Seattle that uh, needs needs our attention, Bryce Miller. Yeah, no, we um, you know, talk. I have a I have a suspicion Eric Halton and I are going to talk about Bryce Miller, uh, Fott and Stone kind of as a group coming into the week. Had you known that the three of them would be available, how would you have ranked the three? Hmm. Between sorry, between Miller and. Uh, Brandon Fott, Fott and Gavin Stone. And Gavin yeah. Stone. I would have said probably Fott, Stone, Miller. Miller now right. I don't know so much. I mean, well, I still like Stone, but see, hopefully we haven't changed too much after one week. <laughs> yeah. Point being, I'll bet you in the NFPC where they all three might be available, Miller may top the bidding because he had the best outing of the three. Yeah, that's how then, it works, isn't it? You know, I think Fott may be a little higher than Stone just because of uh, just hype, etc. But I'm not. I'm not changing. You know, I would still consider Brandon Fott my number one. Um, but it doesn't matter because he's gone in your stake league. Um, and like you said, Miller is not a nobody. He's just he was under the radar in that he was only in Double A, and he wasn't one of those guys that had a chance to make the rotation out of the spring. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of off the radar. But as you mentioned, James had him 55. The other guys we talked about were in the 20s, so you know, they were better. But 55, I mean, that's still pretty good. Want to mention that we are, of course, brought to you by Rival Fantasy. We'll be yeah. talking some Rival here in a bit. Then, right behind Bryce Miller was Michael King, and man, I yeah. I really thought Clay Holmes broke out, but relievers are so volatile. And the second half was a little shaky for Holmes. So, the way things are trending, I would not be surprised if Michael King took that closer job. He goes for fifteen out of one hundred behind Miller at eighteen out of one hundred. Yeah. All right. So. Holmes got the vote of confidence, which we know means not a lot. Um, <laughs> the, I saw in the note that it said the dreaded vote of confidence. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Holmes, as you mentioned, slipped a little bit last year, but it was simultaneous with an injury. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to like a wait and see sort of thing. Um, I don't mind the pickup of King. I do think 15 out of 100 is a bit, is a bit hefty, but... I'm, you know, I'm not in the league. I don't know the dynamics. It's, it's obviously defensible, but it just seems a little high unless there's just a, a strong feeling he'll close. Yeah, he is pretty nasty. And yeah, the way things are trending, I do think he'll probably get in that role eventually. But yeah, we'll see. The guy who picked him up is a really good player. Aaron well, Quinn. Um, well, good player. I think oh, yeah. Honestly, I think they're all good players. Yeah, I'm not crapping on anybody else in this league. I'm just saying <laughs> Quinn's like always... Uh, okay. At the eaters table, he's never buying. There you go. Uh, Ezekiel Duran, um, Texas, playing pretty well. He goes for fourteen. Lamont Wade for nine. Andres Munoz for six. You know, for Michael King compared to Michael King at fifteen compared to Munoz at six. Munoz could be kind of a nice little value there. Yeah, I picked up Louis Varland for six. Yep, he's. I don't want to say got lots in the shuffle. He's not a rookie. He's young. But yeah, he's come up and he's, I mean, he and Ober, Bailey Ober, yeah, are in the rotation 
I mean, I, I don't know that Maeda is, if we know for sure how long he'll be out, but I'm not at all confident in his coming back and how well he pitches if and when he does come back. And Tyler Malley's shut oh, down yeah. for at least four I'm weeks. Not, so that's yeah, yeah. a four-week shutdown period. Then you think, what, a month and a half to ramp up? And that's assuming no setback. So it's going to be a long absence for Malley. He's on the 15-day injured list now, but I could see him move to the 60-day. Uh, I think they want, I think they may want to see what's going on and yeah. We yeah, but see. when you're shut down for a month, completely no throw for a month, that's uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it depends. I, yeah, yes, mostly, but I think unless they need the forty spot, I think there is you wait and see a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, a guy making some names. Actually, I'm kind of embarrassed. I don't know exactly how to say his first name. I'm assuming it's Yenye Cano. Yep. Of Baltimore really carving out his niche in that Baltimore bullpen. And looks like he's kind of positioning himself as the next man up. Uh, I actually had a runner up bid or a kind of a waterfall bid on him last week, but I got a higher priority guy. So this week, Cano comes off the board at uh, six bucks as well. So I kind of like that. I mean, that's another just in waiting guy, but really good arm. That's a ratio and strikeout play. Uh, Felix Bautista is the guy. Now, Bautista in Baltimore is winning. Cano has had a, a shot or two at a Bautista's tired save. And to be honest, you may get a save out of Cano tonight because Bautista, I think, took 32 pitches yesterday to, to lock down Baltimore's slugfest with Kansas City. So you yeah, may so get a look at those when he's not available. Yeah, and that, except Cano, also, you know, and I think and the reason I know this is I now write a bullpen section for ESPN, mm-hmm. and this is what we talk about. Uh, Cano actually pitched two innings last night in this victory, so he may not be available either. Uh, yeah, what I said was avoid Baltimore because Dean Kramer's pitching and they're not going to win anyway. Hey, we had a question <laughs> in the chat from a friend of the program, the Hart Foundation. All right. We were just talking about Matt Mervis. He said he dropped Mervis for Miguel Vargas, and I'm wondering if that's a bad move. I'd say no, that's not a bad move. I, I think Miguel Vargas is really looking uh-huh. awesome. Yeah, um, that slow start. Vargas is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. No, not quite. Heart but, uh, anyway, well, maybe Brett. Um, you know, I mean, it's a, I don't know if it's a bad move, but it, it's not an it's not a no brainer. Yeah, it's not a no brainer. You're uh, right. You know, I think. I think we. I just think the way Vargas is swinging it, it looks like his thumbs feeling a lot better. Later. Right, and if it's if it's if he's replacing him at corner. I mean, at some point, Vargas, if he doesn't already, will have middle infield, and that helps a bit. Yeah, I think it's – we can't even say that it's Mervis's upside because we're not sure what Vargas's upside is. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a bad move, but I don't think it was a must move either. So we had a slew of guys go for exactly six. Andres Munoz, Louis Varlin, Yenie Cano, and then uh, I also got J.P. Sears – Dropping David Peterson. Sears has been a little over the all over the map. And I'm gonna have a tough decision because the Yankees, he lines up to face the Yankees next week, and their their lineup right now down judge and Stanton is pretty you know not scary. Not scary. Yeah, it's it's tackleable, I guess you not, could say. Not scary, yeah. It, so I'm gonna have to decide on him, but Sears is showing a little something. Yes. And we he had a little something. It never it was it was kind of dormant, and now it's coming up again. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that, you know, I don't want to strictly go by what, you know, Dallas Braden says on the broadcast. 
he's an ex-pitcher. He knows what he's talking about, but he's also Dallas Braden. And sometimes he's says things to, you know, poke, poke nerves, whatever, but he was impressed with, with Sears. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think I have to take at his, at his word, at his word and, and think that Sears has made some improvements. So, yeah, I think uh, I was setting some lineups before this podcast and I had to make the call between Sears, Varland and Gavin Stone for next week. So for this next seven day period, I think I started Varland to actually uh, forget it. Forget what, I'm, what decision I came to. It was a tough one, though. Maybe uh, yeah, I like Stone, but they're not even like and I assume because they didn't send him down that he is going to start against Milwaukee next week. But the fact that they're not listing him yet, he had only had one K. Yeah, like I'd prefer to just wait another week and see if I can. Sure. So, and I kind of like what Varland's shown. So, uh, mm-hmm. but those are kind of three guys that are in the mix, all in the same kind of bucket for me. Uh, run through the rest of these. Jason Hayward for four. What a story he's been. Good for Jason Hayward. Uh, Oscar Colas dropped there. Gene Segura. I haven't been one league, and he's just been brutal. But I do think his baseline is is decent. Uh, Ryan Feltner, Dane Dunning for two, Stuart Fairchild for two, Jesse Winker for Buck, Michael Garcia, or it is Michael Garcia, yeah, of Kansas City. He's uh, that was a James pickup, and I know James likes him as a prospect. So now that uh, Nicky Lopez, yeah, out. Kansas City is finally going to turn this guy loose. Seems like, yeah, I like that, I like that. Yeah, he's a kind of interesting guy. I wouldn't expect a ton of power, but pretty good hit tool. Uh, Carlos Carrasco for a buck. Dominic Fletcher, zero. Francisco Alvarez, these are all $0 ads. Curtis Mead, Jason Foley, uh, Matthew Libertor, Alec Thomas, Noah Syndergaard, Taylor Trammell, Peyton Battenfield, Ryan Yarbrough, and Matt Brash. So shout out to the Rotowire Stake League crew for being active as hell this week and you know, nobody wants to buy a steak dinner at the end of the year. So. Yeah, but hearing some of those picks, they are going to be people. <laughs> yeah, just I'm trying to avoid active. it. I'm trying to avoid it this year. Doesn't mean, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, just that's true. You're, but, uh, you're, well, you know what? I don't know the context, and I also don't know the seven-day schedule. So, you know, the the the, the Feltner picks and the Battenfield picks, I shouldn't. Uh, well, these know. guys, you know, they're competitive and. Yep, shouldn't take I've, a shot. I've had to, even as MLB editor, and I've had to eat, or I've had to buy the past couple of years. I had a great eater run of about five years, but past couple of years I've had to buy, and that's just not where I've now, been. Now, is, is, listen, is listen this league or just the No, football? he's not in this league. All right, so buying um, isn't quite as bad in the baseball as it is in the football? You'd be surprised, actually. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of wine bottles yeah. popped and whatnot. Yeah, so I've heard cool. tell about the football draft, so... uh yeah, it's I think it's, it's fun, fun though. If you're in, if you got a group of buddies, you can yeah. do a steak league and get together once a year. It's, it's a lot a fun of fun. Con. Of course, I'm in New England. It has to be a lobster league. <laughs> or it's even actually, a fish fest fun, league. Probably. Yeah. Well, hey, let's talk some rival fantasy, and they yeah. are sponsoring the program. And I'll just mention this before we start: a new MLB season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball. Rival Fantasy is a fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played, and they've brought a new game to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy's games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders for two to five players. That's the game Todd and I will be talking about here shortly. 
With games like this, Daily Fantasy has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings. But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash sign up and use code MLB at sign up and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to $50. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. Todd and I are having fun dabbling in Rival for the first time. And as I mentioned, we are going to be focusing on the fantasy book. So picking a couple uh, points projections that we want to go over or under on tonight and uh, Todd who's your first guy in mind tonight on rival so sticking with the pitcher theme in that I just find it safer to go over under on pitcher totals than I do hitters although I will play hitters for the fun of it um, I am going to pick Kyle Muller of Oakland to not reach 14.78 fantasy points uh, at home against Kansas City. I think that there's too much that can go wrong. He doesn't get strikeouts. He could get knocked out early. I don't think he'll reach 15 or so points, even against the Royals lineup, which has got some players that can do some damage. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's f- fair point, and I certainly see where you're coming from. That feels like one where, you know, even against Kansas city, it's kind of like right where it needs to be that line 14.66. Yeah. I'm going to stay away from that one. Cause it's cause I'm not really sure going against Kansas right. city where right. Kyle Muller is. And my, my first pick was actually going to be Chris sale, but the guy's been so Jekyll and Hyde. And I guess I'm really hoping for my season long teams. That it's actually a good Chris sale night. It seems like a high over under at 20.13 points. And as we were talking before the show, I said, I, I think maybe I'll take sale on the under, but I think I'm going to skip that one because he has been so Jekyll and Hyde and maybe we'll get the good sale tonight. And I'm actually going to go under on Hunter Green instead at 20.23 fantasy points projected tonight. And that is uh, against the White Sox, but it's at home. And, you know, the White Sox just not as bad as they've shown. Of course, They've been just brutal, and I get why this number is where it is, but for Green to be the second highest point number on the board just behind Burns, I feel like he hasn't really gotten there yet. I'd still kind of like Castillo to hit a higher point total, and uh, yeah, even like Christian Javier, I wonder if he could surpass Sale or surpass Green tonight. So I, I think I'll take the under on a Hunter Green at 20.23 points just because he is so fastball-dependent, great American ballpark. And the White Sox, not as bad as they've shown today. Yeah, Eloy Jimenez is starting to turn it on. I, I, as we talked, I've got Green projected for 16 points. So I think that's a solid bet and one uh, solid ch- choice and one that I may choose to uh, add another set of picks to my ledger. We shall see. Uh, Rich the Hill. Yeah, it's just great, but I just. Yeah. Yeah, no, tonight, yeah. Yeah. Rich Hill is. And it's so boring. To, no, you know what? It's not boring. It's, it's somewhat boring to choose the under. You're choosing for the other team to, to get hits. Uh, Toronto's going to be a little bit angry being swept by the Red Sox. Um, so I'm, I'm going to pick them just to, to let loose. Very right-handed lineup. Rich Hill, you know, the lefty flipping up those curveballs from different arm angles. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Toronto 
gets a little bit of payback and uh, goes goes nuts on Rich Hill tonight. So I'm taking the under. All right, so you're you're low on a couple guys, and I I think maybe I'm stealing this next one from you, but uh, I think we can both agree. And I mentioned him kind of just briefly there before that Christian Javier at fifteen point five nine just feels low, doesn't it? It does, but to me, you, even though it's fifteen, you know, fifty. I see fifteen point seven. They do change. Yeah, they. To, I should me, refresh probably. To me. Or maybe I need to refresh. I mean, that's you know, it's just it's just people realize it, it mm-hmm. gets locked in when you make your play. I see. Yeah. But you know, often I'll go to the night before because it's a better, a better or more favorable over under. But I'm not confident about that, Javier. I'm he's one of my choices, but I'm also a little unconfident, unconfident, not confident about you, Darvish. So I'm actually putting in two sets of three replacing because I'm confident about Mueller and Hill. And mm-hmm. this comes down to the, you know, mo- not so much fantasy, but money management, how you can, you know, I, I, I want to, I do really want to focus more on the, on the fun aspect of it. But I think you do have to play a little bit of, you know, money management, et cetera, bankroll management. So I'm putting Hill and Mueller in by themselves and I'm doing them with one with Javier and one with you Darvish at 13.96 to go over um, against the Dodgers. I just, those numbers, I think, I think you can get them without the win just by pitching innings and getting strikeouts and, you know, keeping run prevention to a minimum. When we're talking about sale at 20 points and about, uh, his opponent, uh, I don't know that Wheeler's listed, but 20 points to me, you need to get the win. And when you're going against Zach Wheeler, to me, that's tough. Even even Louis Castillo and Kristen Javier. Castillo, as you kind of mentioned, he's at 19 points. But and to get 19, you kind of have to get the win for Seattle. And I'm not sure that that's a good a good pick when Javier's on the mound. It's a little jarring to see Darvish so low. It is against the Dodgers. And the way you're setting that yeah. up, I almost thought you were going to say you were going to take the under. No, no. I've but that number for... is really low at 13 And I mean, we should mention nine, a little bit how the points are fact-figured in that if, if the who's setting the number of points feels that there's a, let's say, 60% chance that a pitcher wins the game, and I forget. I think it exactly. Let's say they get four points for a win. They're projected for sixty times point or, or point six times four. So they're projected for two point four points. So some of the projected points is over and above how many innings and how many strikeouts and how many hits they give up. It's a wins projection goes into the expected fantasy points. So either you get it or you don't, and you, you don't get part of it. Either you get the whole thing or you get zero. So sometimes you can find an edge if you just feel that the point is too reliant on getting the win. You can take advantage up or down depending on which way you feel it is, uh, which way you feel it it should be going. Thanks for explaining. Yeah, how you how you see that, and this is a new game to me. This rival game, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. And Hunter Green under. 
Christian Javier over the two I feel good about. So I think I'll probably do one entry where I have those two. And then maybe one where I do Green under Javier over and then Drew Smiley over because he's only at 12.33 projected points versus Miami. And you know, Smiley's pitched really well. So I, it See, seems I like it's kind of a trap because it is Drew Smiley, but. I think I'll do one where I, I have Smiley in there on the over. I don't even I don't see Smiley on my list, so here I am refreshing, and maybe they've added Smiley. Sometimes they oh they no, need... you know what? I just refreshed it too, but I mean that game's going on right now, so I don't know how that would be. Either way, I, I'll just uh, leave Smiley off tomorrow. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's tomorrow. yeah, that's a Saturday just, game. That's a Saturday game. Yeah, you just got mixed good, in. This is good for our. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's I did that with. Uh, that. Yeah, I did that with Alec Manoa a couple weeks ago, where I had him on my list, but he wasn't actually starting. That yeah, day. so yeah, it's that's good to know. My Just mistake. for people that are going to the site through us, they do start to put tomorrow's. So you have to sort of double check and make sure. Yeah, uh, that's that, you know. You have to look said, at the day. You know, yeah, because sometimes you'll see a Saturday in there random. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if that twelve point three three points for Smiley is different tomorrow. So if you really like yeah, him, true. lock him in now because tomorrow it may be 14 points. So my, again, mine are Hunter Green on the over and Christian Javier under 15.59. And yours are Kyle Muller under 14.78, Rich Hill under, and uh, and then maybe if you're doing another one, you Darvish over, correct? Yes, that is correct. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, guys, check it out. I'm having some fun, and uh, we appreciate their sponsorship with this. Uh, and I'm excited about this this kind of uh, new fantasy yeah. game. There's always new uh, creations in the game, and this one's pretty fun. Before we move on, Kevin Reese had an interesting question in the chat. Is Kevin Gaussman worth trading for Adolise Garcia? I would say no. Like I've always been kind of skeptical on Adolise, but it's – you know, he's just been producing for three years in a row now. I still think Galsman's the guy there, personally. I think, it's, think? A, it's a need. It's a needs. It's a needs deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's not the player for the player. It's it's can you find pitching elsewhere? Can you find uh, hitting elsewhere? I would not be selling low on Galsman just because of his performance yesterday against Boston. He mm-hmm. just simply didn't have it. He's a lot better than he looked last night. Um, and I'm just not as a Red Sox fan. He just it was just one of those nights. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe more in Garcia. It's, I mean, if, if that's the best, if you need a bat and that's the best you can do, I don't think it's a terrible trade, but um, I think you could either get a better bat for Gausman or not have to deal Gausman to get Garcia. Nice. Well, we appreciate Kevin chiming in and hope that shed some light on your decision there to make uh let's get into the two-star pitchers for next week todd let me mark down the time stamp here so people can easily jump to this part 26 minutes and arizona's got two guys right off the bat who are very interesting zach gallon's like an easy five i actually bumped him up into my top 10 overall i feel like if you're doing a draft today zach gallon's not getting out of the top 10 so that's where i had to put him well, I think that's a, a little bit too much recency bias. Um, top 10 starting pitchers or top 10 overall? Top 10 overall. Yeah, no, to me, that's too much recency bias. But, um, I, you know, I mean, he certainly pitched well to start the season. 
you know, gonna love these yeah. matchups too. The, the, these yeah, two course. matchups are not going to help my case at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of my thought was more so like, man, if I'm doing a draft and you know, Strider and Cole go, who's who's really next? So yeah, I mean Otani's up there too, of course, but then I put uh Gallon in that mix. Uh yeah, versus Miami, versus San Francisco, that's a five. And then there's Brandon Fott, who our top pitching prospect at Rotowire. And it's kind of like the new car thing where you drive it off the lot and it loses 90% of its value. He did give up four homers in his debut, but it's the t- same two-step for him versus Miami versus San Francisco. I'm going to go the three because I'm not putting too much stock into that one four-homer out. Yeah, he pitched really well before between the four homers. I'm only saying that part tongue-in-cheek because mm-hmm. you could see, you know, you could see yeah, some totally. good stuff. Um, you know what? Is it, is it three? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to agree. The matchups at home bring him to a three. Yeah, two at home against Miami and San Francisco. That's uh, pretty darn nice. So if you've been holding on to Brandon Fott, hopefully you sat him for this week and now you can turn him loose and hopefully get some really nice fantasy production out of him. Charlie Morton versus Boston mm. at Toronto. That's a tough one for him, but... uh and your Red Sox have been playing pretty well. Yeah, they're uh, back to beating Morton's... my Red Sox again. Yeah, they've earned that again. So I think Morton, initially I was thinking four. I think I'll go three, though. I'm going to stick with a four, but I know where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Those are tough matchups. It's the matchups, yeah. It's the matchups. And, but Morton is right at the ship, and I, I, and I, you know, I think the good pitching still – should remain good pitching. So I'm going to say four. Now we should point out that Atlanta has two off days next week. So there's a chance that they try yeah. to stretch things out and put, put a Dylan Dodd or somebody in there. Yeah, so Dodd pitched pretty well last night. Yeah. So it, yeah. They, they may, or they may just keep a strider and everybody else. I mean, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, add someone else just to, you know, give kind of help manage striders innings, et cetera. We'll see. Yeah, that's a good thing to throw out. That's a good caveat because with two off days, yeah, very possible Morton doesn't end up getting that second start. They could give the whole whole rotation a little extra day built in if they give Dodd or somebody the nod there. Uh, Kyle Gibson's 4-1, and Todd, but he's got a (laughs) 4-6-1 ERA, and then he's got a (laughs) – and he's versus Tampa Bay and break up the Pirates. I mean, good grief. (laughs) <laughs> they're, I believe, the top of the NL Central, aren't they? I think they have yeah, to be. I mean, Tampa Tampa showed they were still the better team, but that was a fun. It was an unexpectedly fun series in the middle of uh, in the middle of the week. Absolutely. So I, you know, I I look at Pittsburgh, and I'm you know, it's not a matchup I'm scared of by any means, but they're not they're not looking like a doormat right now. Nope. Uh, Kyle Gibson. They are both at home versus Tampa Bay versus Pittsburgh. I'm having a Minaj below the Fott and, and Morton range, so I'm going to go two on Kyle Gibson. We'll find a place to disagree at some point, but I too am, am going to. He doesn't, he doesn't get the strikeouts to me to be a three. And Tampa, you know what? They don't. I mean, they grind. And they don't. And they grind, and they're good. So yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't need me to tell you that. Well, next up, uh, let's see here. Um... 
Red Sox have well, two Red off Sox days. have two yeah. off days. Yeah. So I was looking at Brian Bayo and he got the win last night. Uh, any thoughts on how Bayo's looked his last couple outings? Um, the slider is coming along. It's not there yet, but that's uh-huh. what he needs to to get batters off of that change up so he doesn't have to double and triple up as much. Um, I think we're seeing we're still seeing some some growth, but we're seeing it at the major league level. And I think it'll be interesting. We got James Paxton coming back. Um, we'll see what Boston ends up doing. And I think Whitlock is coming back too. So, you know, this is a problem they didn't think they'd have. What do we do with all this pitching? It's not a problem that Alex Gore thought he would have. Well, still kind of a little iffy because guys like how yeah it's basically it's not like where do i start you know where how do i find room for this ace it's more about you know i've got seven number threes which of them do i choose you know good on bayo though for turning around his last two starts 10 innings only three earned runs allowed and uh, 11 to 3k to walk so after that disastrous start bayo's kind of back in at least on the radar certainly and i do kind of wonder with two off days if maybe they skip hauk next week we'll see uh, Marcus Stroman's going to be versus St. Louis at Minnesota. Man, he's really pitched well. It is Marcus Stroman, though, so you kind of know what you're getting. St. Louis has been bad, man. Wow. Um, I think Marcus Stroman's a three. I think he's a three every week. I mean, yeah. I, I don't. You could have him against Pittsburgh. You know, well, you can't say Pittsburgh anymore. Miami and San Francisco, or you can have him against the Yankees. Well, the Yankees aren't. You know, Houston and the Red Sox. And I'm going to say three either way. That's just what he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Now, Graham Ashcraft, he's not, you know, competitive leagues where people are, everybody's making pickups. He's not going to be really out there in a lot of leagues, but right. uh, you got to feel good if you were one, the early guy on Ashcraft and you got him. Any chance you'd sit him down versus the Mets and at Miami? I think I think that's pretty much like a, f- eh, I'm going to go three, but I, I was tempted to go four. I'm going to go th- I'm not I, here's the difference I wasn't tempted to go for. I'm going to say 3. I you know, I mean the Mets the Mets are like that offense that will like score four and a half runs every game. I don't see them getting shut out. I don't see them, you know, scoring 15 either, but they're good. And they hmm. could score 15. Uh, any any offense that has Pete Alonso could go nuts on you any given day. Um and, and Starling Marte is healthy too. But no, I'm I'm with you on a three. I haven't, you know what? I need to, again, me watching a game doesn't really mean a whole lot. But I have not put my eyes on Ashcraft as much as I should have. It's funny because the underlying numbers say he's kind of pitching over his head, but I think with his stuff, it's pretty legit. So I'm kind of well. One of two things happen: uh, regression sets in, or the the skills improve. Yeah, and I think the whole thing with Ashcraft in the beginning was betting on the come was uh, thinking he was going to improve as the, as the year went on. So I think we're still in that boat. It just happens that um, the number, you know, the numbers are pretty good to begin with. So you're not like, you're not like Alex Cobb last year waiting for the regression to make the ERA drop. I mean, he just, it's just there. Daniel mentioned in the chat, a good point about the Mets that I saw on Twitter last night, the Mets have been shut out six times already this year. Yeah, so yeah, maybe that, uh, maybe that hoping... was in the back of my mind when I was saying that. Um, the, the offense does not scare me. Mm. Um, Hopefully, but... Graham, as a Reds fan, I'm hoping Graham Ashcraft makes it seven. Yeah, it, mean, it is in Cincinnati. Yeah, and they and they do they do have some batters that can get the job done. Anyway, 
Yeah, the Mets offense certainly has uh, got some boppers in there. So it is kind of weird how hot and cold they run, though, to be shut out six times. I think they were shut out like nine times last year. It's kind of strange little yeah quirky uh, stat for the Mets early on this season. Here's one people have been waiting on if you've picked him up weeks ago or just recently. Tanner Bybee's first two-star week. Uh, has to be, right? Uh, versus Detroit versus the angels he's looked awesome in the bits i've seen of him really wish i'd gone on that speculative stash i forget who got him for two bucks in stake league but that's looking great and i got him as a four with these matchups i think yeah i mean it's hard it's hard to argue otherwise because otani only gets to hit once every nine batters yeah um and the rest of the you know well taylor ward's beginning to find it again and and Trout's just playing Trout. Oh, gosh. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go four as well. We will find plays to differ later. Kyle Freeland at Pitt versus Philly. I mean, I could maybe see a scenario where I maybe I have him in a draft and holds where I kind of have to start Freeland and don't want to, but I think I may give him the eh, – I was going to say like a sympathy one or a desperation one, but maybe he deserves more than that. Maybe Freeland's a two. Here's where we differ. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still, I mean, I. You got him as a one at least? I got him as a zero. I've heard him. Oh, okay. I mean, I, 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 I've heard him interviewed and I think he's a you know smart guy and blah, blah, blah. But um, no, even at, even at Pittsburgh, it's, that's not a pushover anymore. I, I can't say yeah. you get by Pittsburgh and then, you know, I, I'm, I'm going zero. I'm lowering it to one because I don't want to be the high, like really high on Kyle Freeland. <laughs> you don't want to be but, canceled uh, on Twitter. <laughs> but Maybe I got you do. down as a zero, so we'll recap these <laughs> at the end of the show. Uh, Dylan Cease at Kansas City versus Houston. Uh, second half of that, not so great, but that first one is great. And credit to you for being the guy who's like, why is everybody so head over heels over Cease? He walks the world, and man, those walks are really caught up to him. Yeah, well, I'm not taking a victory lap just yet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with Cease and Strider, I think the jury is still out. Strider with innings and Cease. So, you know, a lot of it. Well, and, and we have to keep in, you know, the NFBC loves its strikeouts. They always have. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're basically, when we look at ADP, that's what we're comparing it to. And, you know, there was risk involved. For years, Darvish went higher than... I thought he should because he struck out batters and people didn't care about the walks. Then of course, Darvish learned not to walk people anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So we, I mean, it, it, even with Houston, isn't this still a four? I don't remember what you said at this point. I didn't say one cause it was kind of waffling to be okay, honest. Okay. Well, I'll, um, I'll put my foot down. I just got new, new sketchers. I can't wait to try them later. Uh, speaking of, speaking of feet down. Um, I'm going to go, go four on C's. I'm going to go even with Houston. I'm going to go four. Okay. I think I'm going to go four, too, but I'm going to go three on Giolito, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I like Giolito. I mean, he's been pitching pretty well, but. Uh, yeah, no, I think he's still a, a tier below. Yeah. He's a step down. But, yeah, I mean, maybe he's not the Giolito from a couple years ago, but he's certainly more comfortable than last year. Yeah, totally. So we agree on Cease 4, G-Lead of 3, yeah, it sounds yeah, like. Uh, yeah. Michael Lorenzen 
I believe he was on the list last week. So another example that all this is extremely tentative. Uh, at Cleveland versus Seattle again. That's Michael Lorenzen of Detroit. That's going to be a zero. All right, I'm gonna we're gonna flip on Freeland. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a one. I think maybe it's because I think he's better than he's shown. You're gonna but give Freeland I'm a, one. Give him a one. Freeland. Uh, no, Lorenzen a one. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Freeland, yeah, we Freeland you, you, still you, zero I, for you. I was zero, so. We're flipping our numbers on these two. So, yeah, I'm going to go I, one on the I got you. I got you. Okay, so let me plug that in. Todd one on Michael Lorenzen. By the way, I always include all these with the show notes. So if you kind of want to see these for yourself afterwards and not have to write them down, you can just find them in the show notes. Uh, Framber Valdez is a five, right? At the Angels, at the White Sox. Lefties pitching yeah. like we all expected. Yeah, and I, I think because pickups might not be two start guys, I think I think if Brandon Belak's available and, and why wouldn't he not be, I think he's a viable pickup this week, um, just to get mm-hmm. his one start against the Angels. Yeah, that's an interesting one for sure. Maybe I'll have him in uh, on my list in the Tout Wars head to head where I've yeah. Whereas Desmond. It's a JP France. Is, is that I, where I, I'm not? Yeah, JP inter- France. I'm not as interested in France, even though it's against the White Sox. I'm yeah. more interested in Belak. And it, I mean, Belak isn't great, but I think he's palatable. Zach Greinke and Jordan Lyles have uh, nine losses between them and <laughs> ten decisions. Is that good? No, and I, I mean, not that it, so. they weren't the guys I was targeting on the Royals, but um, I, I've been disappointed. In the Royals pitching in general, I thought the new pitching coach would would have a greater uh, positive impact than he has. Um, I guess there's still time. So an off day for the Angels, so nobody. And with the Dodgers, you know, with Gavin Stone in that mix, presumably still for next week since they haven't set him down. Um, no two star pitchers for them either. Kind of wondering if I think they probably keep Gonsolin in that rotation to get stretched out but i think Cindergard could be on his way out of that mix yeah that's the one is Cindergard, right i mean just uh, not thor anymore all right so we got milwaukee so who's going to do the running for uh for milwaukee that night (laughs) yeah that's always something you want to check out maybe i'll have to go down and if stone starts on wednesday you know milwaukee's only an hour drive from madison maybe i'll there we go it can appear it's a great uh uh, what american family field there you go yeah Check out Gavin Stone next week. Uh, Braxton Garrett. So Braxton Garrett of Miami. We have him locked in for two. We just get uh, something jotted down here. It's at Arizona versus Cincinnati. That's a pretty good one for Braxton Garrett. Who I, I know some smart people were on him. I did have a really rough outing recently. Eleven earned runs, actually. I didn't know it was that. Bad. Yeah, he, he wore that one. I think that was yeah. you take him one four for the homers. Team. Yeah, yeah, you four were taking the one third for the innings, team. eleven yeah. earned runs. Yeah, that's wearing it. If I ever saw it, so yeah, I kind of like those matchups, and maybe you you buy low because after that blow up, you probably sneak him through on the dirt cheap. Don't think I could really turn him loose though, so. Maybe a one. I'm gonna go with the with like you were saying before the um, draft champions one, where yeah. I have them now. I Arizona's tough, but they're not as tough against left-handed pitching. Um, and just Cincinnati, mm-hmm. Cincinnati. Well, it's in Miami, so I, I don't mind it. 
Well, real quick, before we finish off the rest of the two-star pitchers for next week, the week of May 8th, 2023, let's first throw to a quick word from our Blue Wire sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome back to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Clay Link here with Todd Zola. Now that we've got that little piece of business out of the way, we can power through the rest of the two-star pitchers for next week. Uh, no two-star pitchers for Milwaukee, but then Minnesota, Louis Varland, who we talked about in the pickups portion of the show. I, I grabbed him for six. Uh, now he's made two starts. Numbers overall don't look great, but a 14 to 3K to walk has given up four homers, uh, but not a not a nobody here versus San Diego versus the Cubs. Uh, even though I picked him up, I'm still probably only going to go with like a two like a, because I don't want to get carried away here. But I do think he's a guy to add if you if you can. Hmm. I'm a, I'm I see the two, but I think I'm going to go one. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe it's maybe I needed a little bit more research on Varland. I looked at him when he came up, and I just I remember saying, "Yeah, all right." Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know there was some people that were a little higher on him during the most recent Fab run. So um, I'm going to stay with the one. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, and just like you, you probably higher on Ober significantly, just generally. I know you've always liked it. Bailey yeah. Ober. I mean, I I did not. It was not a requirement for me to get him in every single draft this year like it was last. Uh-huh. But I still think there's something there. And I trouble repeating delivery. The walk rate did not come down as I had hoped. But I still think there's some potential there. Now, when I saw Max Scherzer's name pop up, I was almost a little tempted to say, like, I don't know if he's a five type of guy anymore. But I am <laughs> going to say for the time being – at Cincinnati, at Washington, yeah, it's a tough place to pitch, but it is the Reds. I'm still going to go five. If Scherzer can't get it done here, I may have to say, like, all right, he's just not that all-world starter anymore. But I still think Scherzer could kind of be the guy who kind of turns it on and, and shoves here uh, for a long period. Yeah, we had this conversation with Eric Halterman, uh, and I, I, you know, Eric was kind of the same way. Maybe, Maybe he's not an ace anymore. I think the the first part of the season has been so up and spotting, you know, up and down spotty 
that I don't know that we can judge for, for, uh, fairly. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's it's you know innocent until proven guilty. In this case, guilty until proven innocent. He is still an ace until he shows otherwise. I hear so, you. Yeah. I, I just thought he was. Yeah, I know the pitch clock may be uh, affecting him and others adversely. So Maybe. averse. Um, Nestor Cortez versus Oakland. You love that. Then versus Tampa Bay. I think I'm going to go with a three on Nestor. Um, kind of still finding it after his injury in spring training. So, uh, you know, love the Oakland start, not so much the second half. So I'm going to go with a three. And do you, do you have Schmidt down for two as well? Yes. Okay. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to go a three. I'm a little disappointed in Schmidt. To be honest. Oh God, me too. And Schmidt, I mean, yeah, I, his I command is. I mean, he doesn't have any command right yeah, now. I didn't. Ex- I don't. I didn't expect, you know, Garrett Cole redux, but I thought it would be a usable pitcher. And even with that Oakland, well, gonna, how can you say even with that Oakland start? <laughs> he has a start against Oakland. <laughs> um, all right, you know what? I got to give him a one because of that. But I mean, I thought I thought he was a nice little, you know, three pitcher for the for most of the year, and he has not been that so far. Yeah, man, I got a one on Schmidt and a three on Nestor, but okay. it's. And what were you? Sorry, no, it's the same. Same, but okay, you know, okay. I, I expected Schmidt to be in a two to three range. At yeah, this I really wanted. I was kind of wish casting, maybe, but I, maybe. I thought he would be. Uh, yeah, really, kind of was hoping for more out of him. I this will kind of be the last hurrah here. If you can't get it done, I'll have to drop him. But, um, yeah, he's he's been disappointing. JP Sears. Uh, up and down a little bit, but he's at New York, decimated New York team, then versus Texas. I feel like in the NFBC where he's still available, he'll be pr- picked up pretty much everywhere with this two-step against that decimated Yankees team. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with a two on Sears. I like him a little more than a guy like Schmidt, uh, but I was tempted to go three initially. Revenge game. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, he was a Yankee, right? Yeah, he was. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to say two. Deal or yeah, yeah, I'm going to say two, and and not, and not, uh, and not be tempted. It was it Severino. I don't remember it was Severino. Maybe it was Montas. Montas, that's who. It was. Um, yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say two, but I wasn't tempted to go higher. All right. Um, no two star pitchers. Well, you want to go? You want to just do the zero for Rosinski? <sighs> Pardon me, a sneeze. What do you say? You say you just want to officially give Rosinski the zero? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I had already marked it down on the sheet. That's why. Um, <laughs> you no know me too well. For Philly. So Mitch Keller for Pittsburgh. I'm just waiting for the been waiting for the other shoe to drop for Keller, but maybe it's time I give him a little bit more credit. And versus Colorado at Baltimore, at Baltimore. Shout out John McKechnie. I mm, maybe a three on Keller. I I got to start giving him more respect. There. You're getting there. I'm going four. Okay. You're getting there, my friend. Yeah, I, he's not a bad pitcher. I just think he's kind of been a work in progress perpetually, and he just yeah. I think maybe he's finally kind of finding himself. I think we're seeing some progress. Michael Walker at Minnesota at the Dodgers. Huh. He's one guy where I feel like he could be available, but I don't know if I'd really want 
to dip my toes in there. I'll, I'll go with a one just, you know, in the main maybe where I just need, where I have like a dead spot on my bench. Maybe, maybe I'll pick up Waka. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I got him as a uh, one. I'm going to give him a one, but I don't like it. I mean, I, I would not pick him up. I would have to think about using him if I have him in a draft and hold. You know, I don't know if I'd really start him here, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, a one kind of reflects that. I mean, I could see where he comes in and has a decent week, so I'll give him a one. A uh, Logan Gilbert versus Texas at Detroit. Love those matchups. Uh, Logan Gilbert's probably a four. Is is he higher than that for you? Yes, he's a five. Wow. Yeah, low end five, but I I don't I don't I'm not afraid of the matchup Detroit. I don't care yeah. where it is. Um, it may just be my higher baseline for Gilbert, but no, he's to me, to me, he's a five. Disco, Anthony DiSclefani, he's got a two, one, three ERA. He's got Washington at home, then at Arizona. Uh, he'll probably be a popular guy this weekend and in a lot of like hometown leagues. Uh, I think I'm going to give Anthony DiSclefani a three with these matchups. Yeah. I mean, I'm a three. I'm deciding to go higher, to be honest. Deciding uh, whether to go high yeah i'm deciding what i think i'm gonna go for because yeah. i think he's a good pitcher that we downgrade because of injuries and when he's healthy he's fine i mean to, to me webs a five uh yeah webs yeah. webs a five with those matchups yeah, yeah disco i'm gonna go good, good on him he, he really is a guy who between injuries pitches really really well yeah so, you know you look at his numbers like at a hole on the hole and they don't look good but you know, when he's because, you know, he's always, like, getting hurt, then struggles for, like, a start or two. And he's know. been known, even when he's healthy, to have that four-home run outing, you know? Mm-hmm. Not last time. didn't It wasn't eight innings last time? Or eight, oh, eight and a third, even, maybe? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, Miles Michaelis for the Cardinals. Cardinals a huge disappointment so far. They're going to be at the Cubs and at Boston. Uh, I don't really like Michaelis, but... I think I'll probably give him a two here. I mean, he's got to gotta like, be better than he's got to be better than this, right? To me, he's like Stroman minus one. Uh, so if we have That's Stroman a way at three, to put it, yeah. I'm going to put him at two. <laughs> that is a really good way to look at Miles Michaelis. Stroman minus one. <laughs> uh, McClanahan and Eflin, probably both fives, right? Has Eflin reached that level for you? Um, he he has. Yeah, but I don't think, I think so. at Baltimore and at New York are automatic fives. I mean, for McClanahan, yes. I think it's still a – I'm going to say four, but it's almost – I want to say five because I'm a fan of Eflin. But it's I don't think it properly reflects being on the road coming from Tampa, which is such a great park, and playing at Baltimore and at New York. So I'm going to say four. I'm starting Eflin everywhere I can, though. Baltimore's got a good lineup, but that park is so nice to pitch in. So I'm going to go five on Eflin. I, 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 just I, I, haven't, I haven't checked. I mean, one month is so is too early. But I, I'll still, un, until there's enough data to prove otherwise, I think last year is going to turn out to be at the extreme of where Cannon Yard plays as far as – I, I think I think it's going to pull back. And although, I mean, now you're going to say – all park factors are different 
because of the shift and some other things. So we really not comparing, but big picture. I, I think that we just happen to see an extreme scenario in the first year of his existence, which may skew things. And I've, I'm, I talked about this in draft season. And again, although I could use the exercise, they're not victory laps. I thought Baltimore hitters were undervalued because of the park. Mm. And Mount Castle has shown that at least thus far. Yeah, he's been great. Um, you know, we, we haven't seen that much from Santander yet. And Hayes has been, you know, so, you know, I can't use Mount Castle as my only, yeah, you were right. But um, I think that's how it's going to play out. Well, with Eflin and McClanahan, like that, at New York Yankees just does not really scare me for the time being. It's they, that lineup lately without Judge and Stanton. I mean, Willie Calhoun batting cleanup. It's just they sent yeah not they the sent Bronx Bombers. Down. Well, yeah, the other hand, the Red Sox are winning games with Ramel Tapia leading off. I think I wow. tweeted this out a couple weeks ago. If the answer is Ramel Tapia, I don't want to know the question. I'm just not a fan. It's I guess it's like an offshoot of the old uh, Roddy Piper. Thing. <laughs> yes. Um, that's good. Uh, John Gray, Andrew Heaney for Texas at Seattle, at Oakland. Pretty nice little two step there. <sighs> I think I'm gonna go with a three on John Gray. Yeah, that seems high off the tongue. Let me double check here. You know, with these matchups, I think so. And then Heaney a two for me. I think they're both threes, and I may be. Wish casting on Heaney. I know he didn't pitch well his last time out, but um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three for both. Okay, I hear you there. Um, no two star pitchers for the Toronto Blue Jays. They have two off days next week. So then for um, the Washington Nationals, Jake Irvin, and uh, you know didn't really have great numbers at AAA, but he came up and pitched well in his debut. You know, I did have more walks than K, so you don't want to say he pitched you know really well, but good from a run prevention standpoint anyway. Only two hits. Um, any reason you'd uh, think about picking Jake Irvin up? I think I'm going to go zero here. Yeah, no, I I think I even avoid him in NL only. Mm-hmm. I just there's there's some ratio damage to be done. Um, I'm going to go zero as well. All right, well, let's recap our two-star pitcher grades. Let me just double uh, jot down this so that I can have uh, the recap timestamp mentioned here. 56 minutes. Appreciate all of you being with us. All right, two-star pitcher grades for the week of May 8th, 2023. Zach Gallon's a five. That's an easy one. Brandon Fott, three. Charlie Morton, I say three. Todd, four. Kyle Gibson, two. Marcus Stroman, three. Graham Ashcraft, three. Tanner Bybee, four. Kyle Freeland, I say one. Todd, zero. Uh, Dylan Cease, four. Lucas Giolito, three. Michael Lorenzen, I say zero. Todd, one. Framber Valdez, five. Zach Greinke, zero. Jordan Lyles, zero. Braxton Garrett, a one. Louis Varland, I say two. Todd, one. Max Scherzer, five. Nestor Cortez, three. Clark Schmidt, one. J.P. Sears, two. Drew Rosinski, zero. Mitch Keller, I say three. Todd, four. Michael Waka, I say one. Did you say zero on Waka? Or you must have said one on Waka. I think I said one, but okay. reluctantly. Yeah, you were Move reluctant. on before I change my mind. <laughs> 
Logan Gilbert, I say four, Todd five. Anthony DeSclafani, I say three, Todd four. Logan Webb, five. Miles Michaelis, two. Shane Mahanaclan, five. Zach Eflin, I say five, Todd four. John Gray, three. Andrew Heaney, I say two, Todd three. Jake Irvin, zero. Uh, real quick, Disco Dave had a question in the chat. Wondering, yeah, this is not like a ton of context, but which pitcher would you trade out of you know, Shane Bieber, Max Fried, Sonny Gray, Logan Allen, Bailey Ober, Alex Cobb? Tough to say without knowing, you know, what you can. No, get you can't say. Nothing. I don't yeah. want to be a jerk at the end of a podcast, but no, no, I get what, what are you going to get back? I mean, there's there's no one. It's like the answer isn't this guy's over his head, so trade him. Yeah, it's all, it's all what you get back. Like, all, I believe what Sonny Gray's doing. Yes. But yeah. maybe if you think he's going to get hurt, which could very well Maybe, happen. maybe. I mean, there's no, uh, you know, yeah, without context, it really, really, really can't answer. I mean, maybe we're a little concerned about Bieber. The strikeout rate's really, really low. Mm-hmm. And if you think so, if there's someone out there that, you know, really thinks it's really going to bounce back, maybe you can get more for Bieber than what you expect. But there's no kind of, you know, nerdy, stat cast answer to the question mm-hmm. yeah i do think you know sunny gray maybe not the worst sell high right now just because he has always gotten hurt uh but i really you know love what he's doing but yeah. yeah he'd okay. be maybe the one that i could maybe see if you can get a lot for him but it is really hard to answer without any uh context there dave but hopefully that uh hopefully you get the best return return that uh, you're happy with anything else on your mind today to your top uh, real quick, we'll just plug the Tau table coming out tomorrow. One of my favorite topics. Um, we always phrase it differently to get a different angle of responses. But I love when we ask the touts about trading tips because they get really passionate. So this week we asked them, what are the biggest mistakes made in trade negotiations? And some clown is up to four and counting. I think I'll stop from here and let everybody else get their two cents in. But look for that tomorrow on toutwords.com what we think some of the biggest mistakes are when you're doing trade negotiations. Yeah, that's really interesting. I have to check that out. I really have kind of, I don't know, maybe it's a, it's definitely a flaw actually, but I've, kind of, I've strayed away from trade talks in recent yeah. years just because they never really seem to, I mean, I always have respect for the people I'm talking with, but it always feels like, Everybody wants to win a trade in a landslide, so it's kind of well, that's to... that was. I don't know if you looked at the thing. That was the number one. Wasn't no, I? Didn't mistake, look at it. Is that people yeah. try to win trades? They don't yeah. look at the other guys, other gals' roster, mm-hmm. and all they're out for is to win the trade and not look for something that is a win-win for both sides. And I think yeah. that that's that's like a, sometimes it's just a non-starter when you do that. Yeah, because it's like why would you know. Yeah. Why would I like entertain these discussions further when I this was so off from my yeah, exactly and that's what that's one of the main points talked about among others. So yeah, check that out. Clay, you still have a day if you want to uh contribute. Yeah, and, you know, I'll I'm sure you'll we'll hear your voice on some of the other questions down the road. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Todd, for all the great insight. Thank you all for being with us and hope you'll join us again uh next week on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by Rival Fantasy.